about that. All right, time has come. I'll tell you what, I appreciate our brother's message this morning, didn't you? That was good stuff. Proud of him. He done a great job. Great job. All but the, the having to go to the altar and repentance and all that that he put us through. It, it was a good message. That's the Lord, though. That wasn't him. He can't convict us. Has to be the Lord that does those things. Let's remember our pastor and pray for him. Uh, he loves to preach. He loves to go home. This is all people that knew him before and after. So it's a, it's a little harder whenever you get in, in your hometown where everybody knows about your life before you're saved. And I went to a, a cemetery to a memorial service two years ago, and I thought, well, you know, they'd ask me if I'd come at the decoration and preach, and I thought, yeah, I'll go do that. That ain't no problem. Be glad to. So on Sunday morning, I almost didn't. But I went on, and when I got there, there was over 200 people. I quit counting at 200. <laughs> and I thought, my goodness, this is a big, big crowd. And they was, and uh, it, it was good. And I preached the gospel. And, of course, didn't have no uh, opportunity to give an invitation, but uh, a formal invitation, but it, it was a blessing. And, uh, and, but the thing of it was, it was a lot of my old buddies that I used to run around with before I was saved. And that's hard, and that's where he's at right now. So you be praying for him, pray for his buddies that he wanted to see get saved, that they would come to the Lord. Also, uh, uh, we got somebody that we're going to be visiting soon that, that uh, let us know that they want to know how to get to heaven. It's been visiting with us here at church just a little bit. So be praying about that. You know, we can go share the gospel, but we can't make them see. Only the Spirit of God can do that. Only the Spirit of God illuminates and opens the eyes of the blind till they can see the truth of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. So as we get that opportunity to go sit with something, it's exciting to go and talk to people. And I can see Richard back there now. He says, I'll make that visit. I hadn't told him about that. Him and Perry, they're killers, boy. They get in, and uh, uh, Perry gets excited. I think he's calmed down now, but when he's first uh, soul winning, he'd get excited, buddy, and they, they'd all be crying. Time because <laughs> it was good. It's good to see somebody come to Christ and come get saved. All right, tonight, turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy 5 to start with. He got you this morning. I'm going to take you through the law tonight. So I, that, it's going to be a rough day, all I can say. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I want to talk to you about... Uh, just simply, prayer and fellowship is a title I'd put on my uh, devotional tonight. It's really not a preaching message. Uh, I, I'll tell you a little bit. <laughs> I'd studied all week. I've, I'd studied this message, I guess, for two or three months. It's, it's a devotional. It's just in my devotions. I'd keep going back to because it was so good and encouraged me so much. And whenever the pastor asked me to preach, I, I thought, well, I, I'll... Uh, I'll preach that, and I, I felt like that's what God wanted me to do. And then I, I found an outline that I'd written down on, on, uh, on Luke 19 on Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus and uh, I thought, well, that, that's good right there. And I looked at it, and I felt like, you know, the Lord, I felt like the Lord wanted me to study that out. So I did. I spent the week uh, uh, off and on. I had about eight hours in that message, and last night at midnight, at about 12 o'clock, the Lord informed me that that was not the message I would be preaching tonight. <laughs> so I went back. I laid it right over, and God gave me such a peace that it's easy. You know, I find that so fascinating for myself, at least, and I feel like that uh, Brother Stephen and the pastor and others is, is the leading of God when He wants you to preach a certain message or don't want you to preach one, and the peace that comes when you know that that's what God wants you to do. God done something else in my life today, and I knew that that's what God wanted me to do. It's a future thing, 
And I know it's what God... And that is such a peaceful, wonderful thing. And unless we follow the formula that Brother laid out this morning, and I want to share with you some things tonight, you know, if we're not abiding in Christ, how can we know the will of God? I mean, if the Spirit of God is the illuminator, the one that opens our eyes and gives us truth, leading and guiding, and we're not in the Word of God, we're not spending time uh, in the Word of God abiding and in prayer, how are we going to know what God wants us to do? I was talking to Brother Stephen a while ago, and, and many times we feel guilty and, and, and shame, shameful because we don't abide like we'd like to, and nobody ever does. We, we'll never get it right. Uh, and if we do, then we've got to get rid of the pride, right, brother? <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the beautiful thing about our guilt and our shame, no matter what it's over like that when you're trying to do God's will, is God's mercy through the blood of Jesus Christ, has already atoned for it. It's, it's settled with God. We don't need to be guilty. and We don't need to be shamed. We just need to be abiding. We need to be seeking the Lord and hunting God and, and spending time with Him that, in order that we can uh, keep these things right. Keep a short account on sin uh, so that we won't get ourselves in hot water. Uh, also, besides just His mercy, God's grace took care of the debt for our sin. Whether it's guilt, whether it's shame over something, the atonement, the blood of Jesus Christ, has already taken care of that. He, he's atoned for it. It's settled, folks. We're free. We're free. We don't have to deal with this guilt. Now, if conviction is a different thing. And you just go on to the altar this morning, confess the pride, and, it's, and God's okay with that. And you know, I love 1 John 1, 9, and we're so familiar with it, I don't think we think about it. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from how much unrighteousness? All unrighteousness. It's all gone. It's all gone. Now, we need to look at it from God's perspective instead of looking at it from ours down here. Because everything is, everything is dull down here. It's messed up. But if we, can get, if we can go to heaven and look back, it, it works a whole lot better. God's atonement, His mercy and His grace, two, two of His attributes, and the, and the beautiful thing about God's attributes is that they're infinite. That's another one. They're limitless, they're boundless, and they're measureless. God, whenever He sends us His mercy and grace through His atonement, it's infinite, it's unlimited. It's also immutable, it's unchangeable. And I'll tell you, the, the, the attributes of God just go on and on and on. The, the person God is, through His goodness, that's another attribute of God. He gives us mercy. He gives us grace through the atonement of Jesus Christ, through the blood. It's settled. It's finished. And we can take care of the pride and the things that hinder us from coming and just abiding with Christ. I wanted to, uh, uh, the verse that really got me started on this devotional, and that's basically what it is instead. And I'd ask you, hey, if, if you like to go back and, and, and meditate in the scripture and stuff, they say, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture tonight. We're not going to be able to turn to uh, much of it at all. But write it down and go back and just look at it. And, and I'm using a lot of one liners, you might say, parts of a verse. And you need to know, the, you know, every time you need to go look at it and, and look at it in its context, where it's what it's talking about in that place. And it'll help you. It'll help you. I've done this with this, this devotional right here alone uh, for months, back and forth, back and forth. And, and it, just, it just brings such peace in our soul. 
Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. God don't want us fearful and fretting. He don't want us fretting about everything. He don't want that to be in our life. But the verse that really got my attention was in Luke 11, 1, whenever the Jesus was praying and His disciples come to Him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And that prayer is talking about fellowship with God as well as, as petition with God. And God wants to answer our prayers. He don't want to play around. He don't want to, he don't want to offer something and about the time you get to, and pull it back. God's not like that. Not like that at all. And as Brother Baker said, you know, first of all, we need to be thoroughly right with God. And you know what? Since the revival, God has really been driving that home in my heart. And I've got a lot of things settled. And you wouldn't believe the peace and the, open, the opening between me and God till I can just come to Him. And, and you know what? When you know God's there listening, it makes you want to go. Prayer's a whole lot easier whenever you realize, sure, He is always there because He's, he's omnipresent. Another attribute of God. He's always there. And He's always listening. There's no place that God's never not at. Phew. There isn't because He's omnipresent. And He wants to talk with us more than we could ever. And yet, we get in our flesh and Satan attacks us and we get to feeling guilty and shameful because we're not doing enough. Let's just settle on what we're doing and try to improve as the Spirit of God opens our eyes and leads us. And we'll have a whole lot easier trip. A whole lot more fun. There's a lot of joy in the Lord. A lot of joy. Uh, in Deuteronomy 5, verse number 29, I want to look, I'm going to give you some background here on... on on uh, Deuteronomy 5, and we'll read a few verses here. I should just comment and go on because of time, I'm sure. Because Bob's going to throw a book at me. He's done promised. If I ain't done at 7.30, he's going to throw a book. But verse 22 of chapter 5 of Deuteronomy, uh, the first part of this chapter, Moses, I mean, uh, yeah, Moses is going back and he's talking with the children of Israel about Exodus 20 where he went and got the Ten Commandments and he's rehearsing that with them and they're talking it over again and he's trying to bring them and encourage them to do right and to come to the Lord. And he goes through the whole thing, the Ten Commandments there through verse 21. But let's pick up in verse 22. These words the Lord spake unto all your assembly in the mount of the mid, in the midst, out of the midst of the fire, of the cloud and of the thick darkness, with a great voice, and he added no more. And he wrote them on two tables of stone and delivered them unto me. And it came to pass, when you heard the voice out of the midst of the darkness, for the mountain did burn with fire, can you imagine, that you came near unto me, even all the heads of your tribes and your elders, and you said, Behold, the Lord our God has showed us His glory and His greatness. And we have heard His voice out of the midst of the fire. We have seen this day that, that God doth talk with men, and He liveth. Now therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us. If we hear, his voice, the vo- if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any more, then we shall die. For who is there of all flesh that hath heard the voice of the living God speaking out of the midst of the fire as we have heard and lived? They were pretty amazed of what they'd seen and heard. And go thou near, they're talking to Moses, 
and hear all that the Lord our God shall speak. Shall say, and speak thou unto us all, all, let me read that again, and speak thou unto us all that the Lord our God shall speak unto thee. Now this is the part right here you need to pay special attention to. And we will do, hear it and do it. Were they sincere? I believe they were. But see, they had an Adamic nature that was always pulling them toward, their iniquity was always pulling them to the world. They were always caught up in the things that were going on around them. And they were always caught up in how much work had to be done. They were just caught up in everything. They wanted to hear from God and they wanted to obey God. I believe they did. But they had a sin nature. They had iniquity. They transgressed God's law. And they come short of God's glory. And, and as much as they want to do what's right, they have this struggle that we have today. It's the same thing. It's no difference. And don't be too hard on Israel because we're going to be their servants in the millennium. We're going to be working for them anyway, okay? So let's be good to them. And the Lord heard the voice of your words. Verse 28, this, this is Moses going to tell them now, after they had said this unto him, and we will hear it and do it. And the Lord heard the voice of your words when ye spake unto me. And the Lord said unto me, I have heard the voice of the words of this people which they have spoken unto thee. They have well said all that they have spoken. God believed them, I believe. You know, God knowed their heart. And He knowed all about them. And He knew that they were sincere right now. But oh, the plead of God in the next verse. The pleading of God, the heart of God that's opened up for us in this next verse. Listen carefully what the Lord says in verse 29. Oh, that there was such a heart in them. Oh, that there was such a heart in them. I don't know how to express it as God felt it by no means. But oh, that there were such a heart in them. He knows they want to, but He knows they're, they, they're going to come short of His glory, as they always have. That they would fear Me. He said it that they would fear Me. And keep all My commandments always at all times that it might be well with them. And He would love to do this for them and well with them and with their children forever. That's the will of God. That's the heartbeat of God for the nation of Israel and for the church of Jesus Christ today. It's no different. God wants to help us so bad. He wants to, he wants to meet our need. And God wants a willing heart and an abiding heart. We are a developing people. We have to be developing on a daily basis a spiritual walk with God. Confessing sin. Being cleansed from all unrighteousness. You know, we are saved. That's our justification. We're saved. We're saved for all eternity. But we're being saved. That's our sanctification. We're continually... He talked about that this morning. He's, we're continually setting ourselves apart through obedience to God through our work, through our walk, through the things that the points that He had there this morning, through our witness. We've got to be obedient to God's Word. But we, can't, we come so short of God's glory. And we fail God so many times. But you know what? He knows our frame. He remembers that we're dust. As a father pitieth his children... So the Lord pitieth them and fear Him. He knows we're going to mess it up. We are being saved. 
sanctification. But folks, one day we're going to be saved. Glorification. A new body in eternity where that we'll never, ever, ever, ever sin against our God again. Isn't that wonderful to think about? Someday I won't be able to sin against God no more through disobedience and rebellion, self-will. I won't have this iniquity. For one reason, the blood of Jesus Christ is atoned for me. Oh, that there were such an heart in them, that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. That's the desire of God for me and you now. And I would give up on it when I'm dead and only when I'm dead. There's no use in giving up on anything. Things never get too bad for God to f- not to fix. What's impossible with God? Nothing. Nothing's in. We're never in bad enough shape till God can't fix it. In, in 1 John 3.22, write that down and look at it later. I'm just giving you parts of verses. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him in prayer. When we abide, when we come in fellowship with God, and we ask within the will of God. That I'll give you some more verses. But we've got to ask for what God wants for us because our Father knows best. Our Father knows what's best for me. He knows what's best for Stephen and for Joe. And for each one of us individually, He knows what's best. And He never makes a mistake. He can't be wrong. And He has the power to carry out whatever we need in our lives in order that we might be that which would glorify Him. That's what it's about, by the way. Matthew 7, 9 and 10. If his son asks, he's talking about, uh, if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Talking about asking, us coming and asking. Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? Then it says, makes this statement. How much more will your Father in heaven, how much more than these wicked men fathers in this world who would give good things to their children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those that ask Him? Meditate on that. Get in these verses and meditate on these things. Just ponder them. Look up a word and just think about it. Take it with you through your day. Write it on a 3 by 5 card. Any way to keep it in front of you because you're, you're always distracted with the things of the world just like the children of Israel. I love these verses. These are some of my favorite verses. John 14, 13, and 14. And whatsoever ye ask in my name. That's according to the will of God. It's according to what God wants to do in my life or in your life. Each one of us. Tomorrow. Whatsoever ye ask in my name. That will I do. That will I do. Now God's not a liar. And He's not playing around with words. That will I do. Why? that the Father may be glorified in the Son. God wants to do things in your life to make your day work for you and for Him too, for His glory. And that's how we want to conduct our days. It really is. And we let guilt and shame that's already under the blood pull us away many times and cause us to give up and back up and not do what we know we should do. John 15, 7. If you abide in me, Jesus, and my Jesus' words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. If ye abide in me, Jesus said, if you will fellowship with me, if, if you will make me the delight of your day, 
In His law doth He meditate day and night, it says in Psalm 1. And my words, the things that Jesus say, see the things that the world and the philosophies of this world ain't going to help us. Not, that's that peace not as the world giveth. That's what we don't want a part of. And my words abide in you if they dwell in you, if they stay in you, if you meditate and memorize and spend time thinking upon the Word of God. You're abiding, you're dwelling with Christ. He says, it shall be done unto you. Ask what you will. Ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. According to the will of God. According to the will of God. John R. Rice said, One cannot pray in the will of God without knowing the Word of God. One cannot pray in the will of God without knowing the Word of God. The Word of God is our instruction book in every area of our life. It covers anything that we might wonder about. It takes care of everything. So why don't we look to that instead of trying to muddle through ourselves and do the best we can? When we have the living God in us who's wanting to manifest His glory through my day tomorrow and your day tomorrow. He's wanting to be seen through your life. And He's not going to answer your prayer. We've all, we all got to be a stench in the nostrils of God, but He don't smell it. He's washed it away with the blood of Jesus Christ and He's just waiting to hear from you and from me tonight, tomorrow and the day after, and on and on. How patient. <laughs> You're talking about long-suffering, Brother Stephen. That's long-suffering. To God just to put up with me for a week. And yet, He, he, he wants to. You know, He loves me because He wants to. Not because He owes me anything or needs me for anything. Whew. Our value, if we had the value of us click up in dollar amounts, it'd be minuses, folks. It'd be minuses. I want to give you some verses right here that, that has been so sweet to me. Philippians 3.10 If we're going to abide, if we're going to spend time with Jesus Christ, we're going to have, the, have to have the right motive. And it comes out of the Scriptures. In Philippians 3.10 I just took, took one little phrase and I meditated on this and thought about this and it has blessed my heart. It has brought me closer to my Lord that I may know Him. That I may know Him. What's your prayer? That's the will of God. The will of God is that I may know Him. That's recorded in Philippians 3.10. Well, go to the Lord's high priestly prayer in John 17. And go down to verse number 13, I believe it is. No, 17. I think it's 17.3. I got it wrote down backwards, but then this is my devotional, okay? So I got it all messed. I make a lot of mistakes. But Jesus was praying for us, for His glorification, which would be coming at His crucifixion in, just a, in the same day there, I think it was. And He said in 17.3, this is life eternal, that they may know me, that they may know Thee that they may know Thee and Jesus Christ whom Thou hast sent. This is the will of God, folks, for me. 
If you want to know the will of God, it's that I may know Him. It's that you may know Him. Jesus prayed that they may know Thee. For us. He's seen us on down in this prayer. Read it, John 17. He prays for those who hear the disciples and the apostles' word and believe. And that's us. It comes right down to us. Just as sure as Abraham and the promises of Abraham got to Jacob and on to David. And then in Exodus 33, verse number 13, Moses is praying there. And he says, If I found grace in thine eyes, show me now thy way. Pray that, folks. Get on your face before God, confessing anything that God will bring to your mind, and ask Him to show me now thy way. And then Moses said, That I may know thee, that I might have knowledge of thee, that I might have fellowship, that I might be so closely acquainted with you in such fellowship that sin is, becomes a, 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 an ugly reproach even to me. And I don't get used to it like we do in this stinking world. That I may know Him. That I, that he, that I may know Thee as Moses prayed in Exodus 33. And God gave us, Jesus gave us the model prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed, holy be thy name. Folks, God deserves our praise. When we're coming to fellowship with God, to abide with God, to spend time with God, to get to know Him, to have Him to reveal Himself to us. See, we can't, we can't make ourselves see Him, even through the Word of God. The Spirit of God has to come to us, illuminate us, when we abide and we come to Him. And he said, hallowed be thy name, holy be thy name, sanctified, separated be thy name. And we should offer praise unto God. And he's given us plenty of scriptures. <clears throat> you look through the scriptures, there's prayers everywhere. There's, I know there's at least two prayers in Ephesians. One, there's more than one, I'm sure, in Colossians, but there's one in the first chapter. There's prayers everywhere Paul prayed. Moses' prayers. David's prayers. Man, David's prayers through the, through the Psalms everywhere. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. But our praise. Let's, let's look at just right quickly. I'll just read it. You write it down and look at it later. Psalm 90, verse number 2. Uh, 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 Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. That's praise. That's the... That's the easiest way for me to praise God is to quote Him this verse out of 90, verse number 2. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the, earth, the world and the earth, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Thou art God. I'm acknowledging it. And I, <laughs> I need to believe it myself. It's not just words. It's got to come out of, a, out of my, uh, my closeness with Jesus Christ. You know, we can know the Word of God. A lost person can know the Gospel. Can know that Jesus died, was buried, and rose from the dead. And know that they need to confess with their mouth. But never come to a place of repentance and die and go to hell. You believe that? When we're witnessing to a lost person 
We need to pray that God would open their eyes to see their self lost. As Brother Steve said this morning, they can't get saved until they see their self lost. And only the Spirit of God can do that. Folks, if we want to get in the presence of God, we're going to have to abide in Christ. We're going to have to offer praise to His holy name. I love in 2 Corinthians 1.3, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. That's a beautiful verse to memorize, to meditate and think about your God, to acquaint yourself more closely with your, your heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God has to come and do that with us. We don't have the case. God's incomprehensible, but He's knowable through the Spirit of God. He's knowable through the Spirit of God. Psalm 37, 4. You can turn to Psalm 37 because we're going to look at some things there as we close out. He says, Delight thy, in verse 4, he says, Delight thyself also in the Lord. Where do we get that delight? Where do we get for it? We're going to have to ask God for it because we can't work it up and it's, it's Adam if we do. It's just Adam. It's a better Adam. We can't patch Adam up and offer him to God. He won't take him. The Adamic nature God hates as bad as he hates Satan. And they're, they're, they're pretty good friends too. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. God desires that you get the desires of your heart. Whenever you're abiding in Christ, then you want the things that Christ wants for His honor and for His glory, for His Father. Folks, this is what our life is about, and life ain't worth living if we ain't. It really is useless, futile. It is painful outside of Jesus. And His Father being glorified. Our Father. That's, I like that part. Our Father. That's our Father and Jesus' Father. We are yoked up with Jesus. Come unto me, He said. Come unto me. And He just says, keep coming. Turn, let's turn over to uh, Psalm 37. There's some good things right here in this psalm. <clears throat> I'm getting all chugged up. That's to ensure I quit on time, Bob. Now this was written by David in, 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 in his older age, Psalm 37 was. Whenever he was up in years, it says so in one of the verses, 25 I think it is. He says, I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. David was an old man. He'd been through a lot. He'd experienced a lot. And he's talking about those who would turn against him, even those that were close with him, that he knew well and trusted at a time that turned on him. And, and, he, and he told us how to deal with it. He gives us the scriptural method of, of dealing with discouragement and those that would, that would fight against us and would talk about us. Hey, let them talk. They can't, if they can't prove it, you don't have a thing to be worried about. And, and, and give, their, give them to God and let Him deal with it. He's big enough to protect us from those who would come against us. And that's what, that's what David is dealing with. You go over to Psalm 73, and it talks 16 verses there. It talks about the, the wicked prospering and how that the, the man of God is looking and, and how that they just seem to be nothing bothers them. They make... They make a, a fortune at everything they do. They have more than they could want. And then you get in the 16th or 17th verse, he says, Then I went into the house of God and I saw their end. 
Folks, this lost world is acting just like they're supposed to because they're lost. They're blind. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to those that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest they see the light of the glorious gospel of Christ and be converted. Look at this. Let's look at this and we'll just try to hit some phrases and, and go on. We're, we're going to read the first couple of verses. Fret not. There's three times in this passage here he tells them to fret not. In this first verse, <clears throat> don't be discouraged. And look what he's talking about. Because of evildoers. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. We're not supposed to be upset with people who are doing wicked, evil things. God is upset with them. And we should pity them. And we should pity them to the place that it burdens our heart to pray God have mercy and save them. And if we're not doing that, what are we doing? And why are we here? If we're to make up the, take up the gap and make the difference, then why aren't we on our face before God? And why aren't we coming together, brother? J.D., we met one Friday night, but we missed one, didn't we? I forgot all about it until later. But we need to get thoroughly right with God, as Brother Baker said, and they need to come together in spirit-filled prayer. And if we're abiding with Christ, we're spirit-filled. You don't have to do a dance, land on your head, walk on the pews, you don't have to do anything like that to be filled with God's Spirit. If ye be an evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? The fullness of the Holy Spirit is for the asking. Luke eleven thirteen. We have not because we don't bother to ask. We have not because we don't bother to ask. And I don't think, as I've learned myself, that the closer I walk with the Lord, that prayer gets easier to do. Oh, it's work. There's no doubt about it. And that's what he was saying. Teach us to pray. Do we know how to pray? The Spirit of God prays for us with grunt. grunt, uh, Help me out, somebody. Groanings. I start to say grumblings. Groanings. We grumble with groanings that can't be uttered. The Spirit of God. God's there for us. I don't care what we're doing, God's there for us. And how much more? Is our Heavenly Father going to give us what we need to glorify His holy name? Just like He did Brother Stephen this morning. And we get all nervous. I don't know how you keep from getting nervous when you come up here, whether it's whatever it is. You can't get... That's the reason the announcements were backwards, I guess. But God wants to just show Himself strong in us. He wants to glorify Him. My brother Neil used to talk about trophies of grace. Remember that? God wants us to be trophies of His grace. 
Because our debt is paid for our justification and for our sanctification and for our glorification. It's finished. God wants so much to bless us and help us. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Be thou envi- be, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. That iniquity is in us too. We can do anything they're doing. Let's don't get too haughty. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. That's what the guy in Psalm 73 found out. He saw their end. This is the only heaven they'll have. And they're not enjoying this. And he tells us, trust in the Lord. I challenge you to start at Psalm 1 and go through and just write down every verse and the phrase about trusting in the Lord. I did that when I was on the road one time. Every morning I got up for my devotions and I, I had me a notebook and I'd write down, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. I'd done one series one time on seeking the Lord. <coughs> trust in the Lord and do good. Do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. We sell ourselves short and give up on the blessings of God so many times. As if, you know, God's just not going to come through. I'll just have to settle for what I got. That ain't what he says. He says also, to delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Delight thyself also in the Lord, in the Holy One. And that word delight means to be soft or pliable. To light. Be Soft toward the Lord. Be humble. Be in submission to the Word of God. Be in submission to the presence of God that is with you. You know God desires to manifest His presence to you while you're by yourself as well as to all of us together. Imagine this week if we could all get in the presence of God and just for one week walk with the Lord and you could just sense that you was in the presence of God, you was filled with the Spirit, which is God's will, so why can't it happen? It can happen. And then we all come back in here, all of us walking in the Spirit next weekend, next Sunday morning, with the presence of the manifested presence of God in our lives. I bet our singing would be different. I bet our amens would be different. I bet when we got to prayer to praying over the service, that would be different, don't you? I just believe it would make a big difference. And it's there for the asking. It's there for the taking. He goes on, he says, commit thy way. Commit thy way. It means to seek the Lord. To seek the Lord. To desire the Lord. Commit thy way. Listen to these verses, if I can see them. Deuteronomy 4.29, there's many, many more. I could give you more and I'll give you some of the references for ones I won't be reading here. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find Him. If thou seek Him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Where do you get the heart? You've got to ask for it. You've got to come to God and ask for it. And we have not because we ask not. 2 Chronicles 14.4 I'm not going to read that one. Psalm 105 verse 4. Seek the Lord and His strength. In His strength and our weakness. 
His strength's made perfect, remember? Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face evermore. Never get up on, give up on seeking the face of the Lord this week, okay? Take it a day at a time. Don't try to get somewhere by not taking the right route to get there. Isaiah 55, 6, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. Hosea 10, 12, Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till He come and rain righteousness upon you. That's individuals. Jeremiah 29, 13, my favorite verse, or one of them. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And we think we got to produce the heart. We can't produce the heart. It's not in us. But through the atonement of Jesus Christ, through the blood, through the sanctification, we have it for the asking. How much more? How much more? Luke 11.10 For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth unto him that knocketh, it shall be open. God says He'll do it. And we don't believe Him. We listen to it, we kind of shrug it off, and we just go on. We know the Word of God, we could quote the Word of God, but we just don't believe it. You can't believe it without meditation. I believe, now that's my... I don't believe you can. Without you spend time learning to meditate. To spend time thinking about God and His Word. Acts seventeen twenty seven That they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after Him, and find Him, though He be not far from every one of us. <laughs> if you don't like that, uh, I don't know what you're going to do. Listen to that again. That they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after Him and find Him, though He be not far from every one of us. He's not far from you. We go through hardships and we need to turn around and practice the behavior of giving them to Him. I've told you all many times about my anxiety. I've come the nearest to getting victory I've ever been in my life. Because whenever those panic attacks and those feelings of that rush of adrenaline start coming on, I turn around and I say, Lord, you're going to have to take this because I can't handle it. Please forgive me because it's the basis for us, the root of it is unbelief. Confess it. And He'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But it's a behavioral practice. It's something you do day in and day out. And you look around one day, and that problem's gone. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Ephesians 1.3 Man, I tell you, God's so good. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Rest in the Lord. To be astonished. To rest is to be a, to a place of an astonishment because it's so far from the natural way of life. If you're going to rest, if you're going to learn the rest that God has for you, many could not in Hebrews says many could not enter into God's rest because of their unbelief. Folks, that's where we sit in our prayer life, in our abiding with Christ, in our daily fellowship, in our daily uh, uh, prayer time. We give up. 
And in our verse in Acts, that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel, feel after Him as if it was in the dark and they had to, to feel after Him and find Him though He be not far from. Maybe we can't see Him. And we don't go by feelings. But I want to tell you something, I believe with all my heart. When you get near to God, it feels so good. I know I can feel Him when I get there. Now, I don't depend on those feelings. Because when I get in the mully grubs, He's still there. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself because of him that prospereth in the way. If they have it and you want it, confess it as covetousness and get out of there. Okay? We've got to get our priorities in order. Don't strive for something you can't take with you when you leave. Reaching souls for Jesus Christ, you have the opportunity to take something with you when you leave. When you pray for our leaders in our country, you're praying for something that you can take with you when you leave. Not the country, but the values. Cease from anger. We ain't got time to get angry and fuss with this world. It's a waste of your time to be in disagreement with somebody and have to have, as Brother said this morning, your opinion, you need your way. It's a cease from anger. You just don't need to get messed up and hindered and distracted by those type things. If God is who He says He is, He's big enough to make what He wants happen. And it may not be what you want. But as long as it's what God wants, it doesn't matter. Verse 8, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. My... My plea with you is to get and spend time with God and, and just look through His Word and meditate on God's Word and spend time with God. Let Him take over your prayer life. It'll happen. It'll happen. Psalm 41.13 Blessed be the Lord, uh, the Lord God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Folks, we've got to find out what God wants. And the only way we're going to find out for our personal walk with God, what God wants is through the Word of God and seeking and praying and finding out what God wants through this book. He'll guide us this book. He'll spend time with us and He'll help us. He'll help us. Look through another study i done one time on the places where God said, where God said He'd help us. That's another encouraging study from the Word of God. He'll help us. He says it many, many times as well. I pray tonight that this has been a more of a devotional instead of a preaching message. But I hope it's been an encouragement to help you to come to a place that you might be able to seek the Lord. I, I love Psalm 42. As the heart paineth after the water brook, so paineth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, 
for the living God. And yet, listen to this statement. When shall I come and appear before God? Anytime you want to. <laughs> Anytime you want to. It's up to you. He's waiting. He's willing. He's waiting for the confession of sin, the cleansing, so He can cleanse you and spend time with you as much as possible. And you know what? You get in that fellowship early in the morning and you just talk to Him as you think about it throughout the day. And He'll be there. And He'll encourage you. And He'll bless you. And He'll guide you. He'll use you in the world where you're living. And people will see Jesus in you. Let's bow for prayer. Stand up if you would. And us bow for prayer. Now I'll dismiss you and let you go before Bob gets me. I'm doing good. Father, what a blessing You are to us, to Your church, how that You've grafted us in, Lord. And Lord, we're able to, to actually come into Thy presence, to come and sit with God anytime we want to, day or night. You never sleep nor You never slumber. And You want us to, to abide with You through Your Word and to ask what we will so that You can give it to us for Your glory. Help us to keep our priorities right. Help us to not walk after the lusts of this world, but cleanse our hearts and cleanse our soul and our mind. And Lord, use us for Your glory. Bless our pastor tonight. Bless him tomorrow as he preaches again in his activities this week. Thank You for the the blessings of being in God's house with God's people. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right, you're dismissed. God bless you.